completely, yeah. So thank you, Lord. Praise God. I just had to share that with you. <laughs> you don't know where, you don't know when, but you know what's coming. Huh, Johnny? Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I just love how this is epichoriego. This is choreography of the spirit. This is really what family services are supposed to be all about. Because you're the living parts of what causes this to be the manifestation of what the Father wants to bring. Amen? So now we have some young people. So do we know who's starting? Oh, should we time you? What's a little bit? Come on, Marissa, come on up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give her a hand. Come on, let's give her a hand. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is Marissa. She's one of authority. She's one of the leaders with Amy, part of the team of leaders. Do you need something to lean on, or are you okay? Just a little crutch? Hello, everybody. Um, yes, my name is Marissa. I am leading this team with Amy Ponce. Not with you, Johnny. Johnny wants to be my co-leader, but he's not. Um, yeah, so I know a few of you, well, most of you, I think, know us and what we're doing. But for those of you that don't, I just wanted to share a little bit um, of context. Um, so we are with YWAM, Youth with a Mission. Um, our base is in Kona, Hawaii. Basically, they are all part of a DTS right now, Discipleship Training School. Um, it's three months of the lecture phase where they have speakers come in. It's like a class. They're learning. They're parts of different tracks. Um, basically, just really diving deep with the Lord and um, growing in that relationship and intimacy and knowledge with him. And then the following, typically, two to three months would be the outreach program where we would go overseas, but because of COVID, we've been more local. But um, I think it's the will of God because America needs Jesus right now. And so right now we have 22 teams across America. Um, and basically the point of our mission is to activate the everyday believer. And so our, um, what's it called? Our message is... <clears throat> Matthew 9, 35 to 38. I'm just going to read it real quick. I know some of you have heard it already, but I'm just going to read it anyways. Um, it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And so, basically, we believe that as followers of Christ, it is our duty to go out into the mission field. The same way that Jesus looked on the crowd and he had compassion on them, the same way that he saw the hopelessness, he saw the poverty, the oppression, the sin, all that was going on, and he said, I have a solution, is the same way that we are to see what's going on before us and say, I know the solution, I know that it's Jesus and I will take part in that. And so, basically, you know, the following the following verse is Jesus calls his 12 disciples to him, gave them authority to drive out impure spirit, spirits and heal every disease and sickness. So Jesus was looking out at all the chaos before him, and he said, I have a solution. The solution is the disciples. 
We are the disciples. It is up to us to go out and to have compassion on people, to have the eyes and the mind of Christ, to not just walk past what's going around us, not just ignore it or avoid it, but say, I see what's going on, and I know that Jesus is the answer. And how many of us know that Joe Biden and Trump is not the solution to the problem? And so, oops, sorry, Johnny. <laughs> this is his Bible, his little stuff. Um, and so, yeah, we are going around and encouraging and activating the everyday believer because, oops, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll fix it later for you. Um, because America needs Jesus and you know, we can't expect people to know things if we don't tell them. We can't expect change to happen if, if we're not advocating for it. And so um, it really is up to us. It's like that everyday yes, that simple obedience, like walking into the supermarket, God, who do you want to highlight to me? Or, you know, you're walking, you're doing your daily life thing, and you're like, hmm, okay. Like asking before you go into the grocery store, before you go shopping, whatever it is, ask the Lord to make you aware of who he wants to speak to. And, like, have your heart postured in a way to receive, because he wants to speak. I mean, he created all of us. We know that he loves us and he has plans for us. And a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people need a simple encouragement. And, yeah, it might be weird and it might be uncomfortable to be like, hey, do you know Jesus? Or, hey, Jesus loves you. Or, hey, can I share something with you? But it will be so worth it in the end. And you know what? Maybe you'll get rejected or maybe they'll be like, wow, thank you for that. But that's a seed that you planted. And that's, like, eternal rewarding. So um, just one more thing. So basically that's our message. Just wanted to share what we're doing. Um and since we've been in New England, I, so before we came here, we heard that it was like the graveyard, you know, I told you guys, you know, the colder the area, the colder the heart, you know, everything like that. Um, and like basically just like spiritually dead. And so coming in, I think we were aware, you know, of the emotion or the spiritual state that this region was in. But I was not expecting the level of spiritual warfare that we have faced so far. I was not expecting... Um, as much heaviness as I've felt since being here. And our first stop was in uh, Boston. And we went to the city one day. And I had only been there, what, like two days at that point? You guys were there a little bit earlier. And that night I could not sleep. I was texting my friend. I was so overcome with just hopelessness. And I was like, I genuinely was like, why would God love us? Why would he want us? Like, I don't understand. And I was just going on and on and on. And I was like, I feel so hopeless. I feel like, why not God just come down and take us now? Like, there's no point. Like, I just was filled with such hopelessness. Um, and it was, it carried on over to Maine. A lot of our team was feeling like this hopelessness, this depression, this heaviness. Um, and we just couldn't get it to shake. And um, I, so basically why I'm sharing this is because I was just feeling such heaviness for such a long time, and I genuinely was questioning why would God want us. Like, I don't understand why he would love us. I really don't. Um, and it wasn't until, I, it, it like lifted once we came together as a team, we prayed about it. I really did feel like there was a shift that one morning in Maine. And so then we got to Vermont, where we were with the lovely Kathy and Lonnie, and... Um, 
it was just the other morning, I think I was just flipping through Psalms, and I came across these couple of verses. So, real quick, we went to Burlington the other day. I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I left weeping. Like, I was, I cried for, like, the whole ride home. I was so overcome by the heaviness in the area. Um, <clears throat> and so I think it was, like, the next day or something. Um, oh, here it is. That I was just flipping through the Bible. And the Lord just began to speak to me about that whole thing that I had been fa- feeling. And um, in Psalm 78, 37 to 39... It says this, it says, Their hearts were not loyal to him. They were not faithful to his covenant. Yet he was merciful. He forgave their iniquities and did not destroy them. Time after time he restrained his anger and did not stir up his full wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, um, a passing breeze that does not return. And I just felt like, you know, we know the Israelites and all their rebellion and their years of turning to other gods and to other ways. And it says, yet he was merciful. He forgave their iniquities and did not destroy them. Time after time he restrained his anger and did not stir up his full wrath. And it made me think and it led me to believe literally the only answer to that, the only reason he wouldn't do that is because he loves us. That's the only thing I can come up with. Like, all of the stuff that's going on, all of the division, the sin, the wickedness in this world, the only reason I can come up with that God would not smite us (laughs) is because he loves us. How great a love that must be, because I just can't comprehend that. You know what I mean? And so I was so encouraged reading that. And it was breakthrough for me personally because it was super heavy and I just really could not understand it. But um, I just wanted to share that with you guys because I know that this area could, you know, be heavy. And for those of you that live here as Christians, as followers of Christ, I would assume that you can grow weary, you know, um, time to time. And so I want to encourage you that... I believe that this time God's giving us is a time for people to come to repentance. And um, I really believe that God's love is so much greater than we realize. And if if you've grown weary, just know that, like, God is just so merciful. And he really does love us. And he's looking to us to be the solution, to take part um, in, in his return and him being known it's it has to be us you guys like we're the ones with the truth (laughs) you know what I mean like we can't wait for other people to do it we can't wait for politicians or social media and all that crap to do it like we have to be the ones to step out and to share truth and so I want to encourage you guys today that it is the love of Christ that compels us to do these things and it is the love of Christ that he would he would give us a chance and So yeah, be encouraged and know that, like, you can do this. Like, this isn't something that is out of your pay range. You know what I mean? Like, you were created for this. 2 Corinthians, I think, 5.8 says, We were given the ministry of reconciliation to God. We were created for this. We have it inside of us. Like, this is our duty as followers of Christ. So... 
be encouraged. I just wanted to share that little bit. Cassie's going to come up and share. But, yeah, so. everybody. Good morning, good morning. All right, it's so nice to see familiar faces this morning. It is such a blessing to be with all of you guys. Uh, thank you, Marissa, for starting us off. Like I said, my name is Cassie. I'm here with YWAM. I'm 22 years old. I was raised in upstate New York, so I'm not too far away from you guys. Um, it was such a nice time of worship this morning. What the heck? That was great. That was amazing. <laughs> Seriously, I've been asking the Lord to give me a more tender heart. I see the little kids dancing and I want to cry. And then I'm like, wait a second, somebody's meeting Jesus right now for the first time. I want to cry again. I'm like, Lord, if you ask, you will receive. But that's not what the message is on today, so let me not get off track. I just wanted to say thank you, God, for a time of worship. Before I start this message, I just want to open us uh, in prayer really quickly. So Jesus, Holy Spirit, I just pray, God, that you would speak through me, God, that this would be none of me, but this would be all of you, God, because... Everything belongs to you, God, all of the glory, Jesus. So, God, I just pray that you would set our hearts on you this morning, Jesus, if they haven't already been, Lord. I pray that our focus, all of our attention, all of our adoration, God, everything, all of our devotion would be focused on you this morning, Lord. Anoint my lips, God, and just prepare our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. So, uh, I was thinking, all right, Lord, I just figured out last night that I was going to be the one speaking. And I'm like, all right, I have to prepare a message. Okay, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. But I was like, God, uh, what do you want me to talk about? And he's like, well, what am I talking to you about? I was like, oh, okay. All right, well, that should be pretty easy. Uh, so two questions that have been on my heart a lot lately that I felt the Lord asking me is, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And the second was, are you depending on me? So I don't know if the Lord has ever asked you these questions. They seem simple, but they're pretty heavy at times. Am I depending on you, God? Am I depending on you? What do my decisions look like? So I went online, and I was like, you know, I want to see what the world says about trust. So I went online, and I looked up how to build trust in your relationship, and hundreds of articles popped up about how to build your relationship when a friend has betrayed you or when you're upset about at your spouse and whatever it may have been. But there were 10 points that popped up. And it says, number one, be true to your word and honor your commitments. Two, communicate effectively. Three, build trust gradually. Four, make decisions carefully. Be consistent. Participate only, such as listening actively. Be honest. Show your feelings. Avoid self-promotion and admit mistakes. It's like, oh my gosh, that's a lot. That's a lot. There's a lot of stuff that we have to do to trust people, I guess. And I started looking at it, and I'm like, wow, we're so quick to build this in our relationship with other people. But what if I applied those things to my relationship with God? What if I uh, was true to my word and I honored the commitments to my father? What if I communicated effectively with Jesus? What if I was willing to build trust with him gradually if I made my decisions more carefully with him, what if I was more consistent in my time with him? If I devoted portions of my time with him, what if I uh, participated with him by listening to what he had to say back to me? What if I was honest with him and showed my feelings? What if I avoided self-promotion, making everything about my time with him just about me and what I'm going through? What if I admitted my mistakes and my shortcomings? What if I did this? 
you know, when you're going through a trial in life, I feel, I feel so many people come to me and they're like, trust God, just trust God. Trust him. Why aren't you trusting him? Just depend on him. He's so good. That's a good one. He's so good. So trust him. But if other people are telling me he is good and I don't know that he's good, how can I trust him? There are a lot of people in my life that know other people that I'm sure if we were walking on the street and they saw this person I know and they were like, oh, he's great, he's good. It doesn't mean that I trust that person just because you're telling me that they're good. I have to learn for myself. I have to come to the conclusion myself, the revelation that, yes, they are good and they are worth trusting based on the relationship that I am building with this individual, based on the time that I'm spending with them. Yes, trust God. Yes, depend on him. But you can only do that if you know God first. Only if you know God first can you begin to trust him. It's it's time that we stop just saying these things and say, hey, do you know him? Do you know that he's worthy of your trust? Do you understand that? The word of God says in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 13, For I, the Lord your God, Hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. I am. How can you know that if you've never read that verse? How can you know this? How can you come to this conclusion if you don't know who Jehovah is? How? In Psalm 27, 1 of David, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The book of the Psalms is an interesting one, especially uh, since it's written from David. Many of us know David as the one who is after God's own heart. Or maybe you know him for his adultery. Who knows? I don't know. There's two sides that we see of him. But I look at this uh, Psalm right here, and I'm like, wow, David. Well, yes, I know that he was a king, but David went through many trials in his life. There were two times in his life that he was on the run. It was first from Saul, who persecuted him. And then he goes through a pretty good state, and then it's his son. His own bloodline is now persecuting him. But yet still here, he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Well, in our perspective, there were many things that David had to fear, not only as a uh, king, but as a father. There were so many things in our perspective that we could say, yes, you should have been afraid, but yet he is the one to say, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Because David knew God. David knew God. He messed up. We all make mistakes. But he was willing to admit it when a prophet came to him. Yes, it may have taken that, but he knew God. That's why we know him as the man who is after God's own heart. God created me a clean heart. Search me, God. Search me. That's what he said to the Father. That's how he trusted and he depended on God and he knew that he didn't need to be afraid. You know, I looked again and I said, okay, well, you don't have to listen to me. You don't have to listen to my words about God, but what if we listen to them? What if we listen to them about what it meant to trust and depend on God? And I, and I searched the scriptures and I saw that when we trust and depend on God, Isaac, the son of Abraham, is spared. Genesis 22, verses 3 through 18. Joseph becomes the prince of Egypt and his brothers bow before him. Genesis 41, 37 through 44. Moses sees the Red Sea part. Exodus 14, 13 through 23. The Israelites enter into the land flowing with milk and honey that was promised to God. Joshua chapters 1 through 5. Hannah has a son named Samuel. Or Samuel 1, 
12 through 20, David kills Goliath. 1 Samuel 17, 34 through 51, Esther stops a mass genocide of her people. Esther 8, 3 through 8, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are never touched by fire. Daniel 3, verses 16 through 28, Daniel survives the lion's den. Daniel 6, 16 through 23, and most importantly, Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, crowned in glory forever and ever. Mark 16 and 19. Now we see the glorious, right? So I just spoke every single victory, but you say, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know my situation. You don't know how hard it is to trust God. You don't know how difficult it is to depend. I may not, but they do. Isaac, to be spared, there had to be a sacrifice that was about to happen, right? For Joseph to become the prince of Egypt, he was in prison for 12 years unjustly. He suffered for doing what was good. I may not know, but he might. Moses, I don't know. Do I really need to go on with what Moses went through when he had to deal with the Israelites? Go before Pharaoh. See, the firstborn of every single family in Egypt perished because they were just not willing to listen and set the people of God free. Hannah had a son named Samuel. She had to beg. It says in the Bible that she was so she was in such hysterics that um, when the high priest at the time had saw her, he came over and he thought that she was drunk. Because she was so, she was in such a hysteria, it was overcoming her body. When we look at David, he had to kill a bear and a lion before he had to kill Goliath. Esther, when she stopped a mass genocide of her people, at that time, when we're talking historically, when you were to enter into the king's courts without permission, if you were not summoned, he could kill you in that moment. He had the authority to do that. She was risking her own life for her people. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be spared from fire, they had to be placed inside the fire first. When we look at Daniel surviving a lion's den, well, again, he had to sleep with lions to survive the lion's den and Jesus. Jesus. Well, Jesus, he had to be beaten. He was spat on. He was crowned with a crown of thorns. And then he was whipped with something that the Romans called a flagellum, I think if I'm uh, pronouncing it correctly. And it had several throngs that on the end of each, it had little pieces of metal, little pieces of bone. And he was whipped with 41 lashes. And usually, typically, this type of, uh, you know, um, pardon me, I can, uh, why can't I not think of the word right now? Torture. There it is. Torture. I couldn't think of it. This type of torture would typically kill its victims. And then he had to carry a cross. And then his hands and his feet were pierced for our sin just because he trusted that in the end he would be seated next to the Father, that in the end he would bear our sin and it was worth it. Trusting God is always worth it. If Jesus could trust God, if Jesus who was in heaven could lay aside his divinity, experience humanity, and still trust the Father, that the Spirit of God would raise him from the dead because it says that when he was on the cross that he released his spirit. He had to trust God that those three days when he was down there, the Father was going to come through, his spirit would come, and he would raise him from the dead. That is trust. The creator of all time would come down for creation. That is trust. Now, I also examine, uh, i got to put here, I apologize for the lack of preparation in the moment, but uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8-9, through 9, Paul speaks to us. He says, For we do 
not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. I don't know if any of you have ever felt that way. I don't know if I've personally ever felt despaired to the point where I thought that I received the sentence of death, but if you read more about Paul, he'd been shipwrecked, he'd been tortured, he'd been beaten, he'd been in prison. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Paul who was shipwrecked, if Paul who was beaten, if he was tortured, that one, if he can understand that everything he was going through was to rely on God and not himself, but on the one who raises the dead, who cleanses the leopards, who gives you the authority to stomp on scorpions, destroy serpents. We go through things, sometimes I can't explain the suffering. I, I don't have the answer for that, but I do know that in the end, our part is to rely on God and to trust in him and depend on him. But we can only do this if you have an active relationship with Jesus Christ. If you are seeking what happened here, there is so much in here. I only hit a couple of points, but you will see time and time again that those who trust and depend on the Lord, they always prevail. They always prevail. And even on this earth, if you don't have the victory that you're looking for, you can rest assured and know that there is a victory. That is in Jesus Christ, because the blood of God, the blood of God covers you. It's over you. He died on the cross. He has the victory. Trusting in him, depending on him, is always worth it, because he's so worthy, guys. He's so worthy of our praise. He's worthy of every single piece of our life, and he's worthy of your trust. So I just leave you with that today, guys, a little encouraging word. This message was not only for you, but it was, it was a blessing to me to be able to see the scriptures and say, God, do I trust you? So that's what he asked you to today. Do you trust him? Are you depending on him? Are you depending on man? Are you seeking them or are you seeking the Father? So I just want to pray and leave us with that. Jesus, I just come before you, Lord, in humility, and I say, God, we need you. We need you, Jesus. It's time for us not to rely on ourselves, Lord. It's time to depend on you. It's time to trust in you, Father, to believe that your plans are greater, that your ways are higher. Yes, Lord, not to lean on our own understanding because you are always in control. You have such a divine plan for each and every single person in this room as you continue to write their story. So I pray, Father God, that you would give them the authority, the endurance, the ability through the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised you, Jesus, from the dead, that that Spirit lives inside of them would also, God, give them the ability to persevere through every single trial, every moment of persecution. And that, Father God, through it all, they would rely on you, they would depend on you, they would trust in you, Jesus, because they have commune with you, God, because they know your voice, Lord. They don't just believe that you're good because others have told them, but they have tasted, they have seen the sweetness of God, that you are good and you're always good and you are worthy of our trust. We praise you, we honor you, glorify you, Jehovah Jireh. Thank you, Jesus. And in Jesus' name we pray, God. Amen. Thank you so much, church. It was such an honor to be with you today and see all your beautiful faces. And now I hand it over to the wonderful Pastor Lonnie. Good job. Isn't 
you know, it's amazing how we I talked about the epicoriego and the Holy Spirit moving. She used all the examples about trust. Well, if you look back to 2,000 years ago, the social climate could not be trusted. Government was changing. The old covenant was coming to a close. The new covenant was about ready to be established. Sound familiar? Does it sound familiar? So who did they trust at that time? Jesus said, go to the upper room and just wait. He spent 40 days trying to express to them the things of the kingdom, and they just not had any idea what he was talking about. They did say, go and wait. He invited many. It wasn't just 120. Just go up and wait for the power from on high. It ended up to be 120. I'm sure each person had their own opinion. <laughs> of what they were waiting for, how they interpreted that, or they, how they saw the social injustice or the setting, or recognized the fear of the governments and the things that were taking place. They had a relationship with one another. So I would imagine for 10 days they had a whole bunch of conversations. But one thing that kept them together is their love for him, love for one another. And so when we're now in a day of uncertainty, we have that which we can look back to. Those disciples are experiencing the same thing that we're experiencing. They had a relationship with one that carried itself through the beginning number of 120 and more. And so thank you for that word this morning. Who do we rely on? Who do we depend on? Amen. Amen. Who do we trust? And we spoke about this last weekend because we are in this world, but not of this world. I'm sure if you went to the internet as she was saying, how do you build trust and get 10 points? Right now, you can go to the internet and get a whole bunch of opinions on what's going on Amen. around us. We know what the purpose is. Complete his story. Complete our story. For the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to come and this church age to come to a close. We don't have to fear it. We may not have the full understanding of it. It isn't about eschatology. It's about revelation alone. It's all about relationship. Because if we can trust him, even if this earth becomes removed from under our feet, it won't bother us. Because his word is true and it'll stand. Amen? Amen. So, I, I, have, I, I want to make a comment, ahead. please. Yeah. Um, I just want to comment on, uh, yeah, I mean, thank you so much, Cassie, for, you know, um, and for Marissa, identifying the condition of what New England is really all about. We don't war against flesh and blood. We're in a fight, but you know what? We have the host of the armies that are warring on our behalf. 
we war in agreement with the realm of the spirit, the Holy Spirit, and that which God is doing in the principles of spiritual warfare. But the battle belongs to the Lord. And we are in a spiritual battle. Amen? Amen. Um, so he's trying to get in my comment territory here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, no, so there's only one way we can do what there's only one way we can do what Marissa said. We have to trust and completely, and that's what Cassie said. We have to completely trust in the Lord and completely depend on him. Um, coming from um, massive revival and things and God sending me to New England all those years ago to pour my, to give my entire life, to give the days of my youth, to give my children and bring them to a place that she just said was like so heavy and so horrible and it left me crying and I was like why am I here we have missionaries all over the world and those people need God has sent me out I, I believe in missions but I so know because of where I've come into this United States of America that in our nation we need missions in our nation and we need them right here in Vermont and there hasn't been enough that have come you know I was sitting when Marissa was talking and I was thinking about um, you know I've, I've ministered in mega churches I've, I've been there I worship I enjoy we just had worship songs from churches that are huge and look at all the young people there I'm loving it I was once one of those do you understand but still inside of me, I am young. I am still radical. I want to see Vermont come and, and, and there be masses coming and going and standing for Jesus Christ. That's my cry. And for New Hampshire, too, because he's brought me to this place. And I look at these places where there is a glut. And some of you have known me. And, and the Lord showed me we would never grow beyond a certain number. That we would be a training place. And we would raise people up. And we would send them out. And we would send them out. And there would be change. And there would be change all, the, all over the face of the, our nation. And all over the face of the earth. And I just look. You know, I know how we suffer. I want to speak to any leaders that are in the area that we are in New England today. And I know some of you are, are tuning in right now from other nations and other states and across America, and I say hi to you. But I'm telling you, some of you have a glut in your churches. You've got hundreds of musicians that don't even have a chance or an opportunity to praise God and use their talented gifts. And I'm making, I'm asking you today, let God's people go and let them come to the mission fields of Vermont and let them come to the mission fields of New Hampshire and Boston and Massachusetts and Maine where darkness is still trying to shake and keep the people suppressed. God says you have not because you ask not. And so today I ask you leaders that are here, I ask for God to stir your hearts and to let God come in and say, You've trained people. You have people who are not using their gifts and, and going out on the mission field. And maybe they're not called to another nation. But this nation needs them. Right. We need worship leaders. We need youth leaders. We need evangelists here. Right. 
We believe in the five-fold ministry, and we've trained up many, and they have gone forth. But I'm asking you, as leaders of other churches and other ministries, and I'm asking you as people, if you are within the sound of my voice, and God comes and asks another hard question. He asked Cassie a hard question. He says, do you trust me? He asked Kathy a, Cassie a hard question. Do you depend on me? Totally. You will need to depend on him because if you come to these mission fields, you'll have to. You'll have to know him. It will force you to find him. It will force you to worship in the midst of darkness. It will force you to go and cry with a little child. There will be things that will touch your heart and you will never be left the same. It's like a teacher that comes and teaches. You know, teachers don't get paid a lot of wages for what they do. But there isn't one that I've ever talked to that didn't tell me that on the darkest day that they've had and they wanted to quit and said, why did I ever become a teacher? It's the look on the face of a child that gets it. They get something they've been struggling with. And let me tell you, it's the same here. And so I have no regrets. I've been invited to go other places. I've been invited throughout my life as, as a woman of God. Why don't you come down here? You guys can have a big church. I'm not looking for a big church. I'm looking for you. I'm looking for the one that wants to give it all to Jesus Christ, that wants to give their lives. It will cost you everything, but you will receive everything and more. And so that's the cry of my heart this morning. I'm birthed from my state. I'm birthed from my nation. But I'm burdened for the church of Jesus Christ in America. We need some strategies and we need some adjustments. Where there's a wealth, we need to spread it out across our nation. How much could we change things if we did that? And I can say this because I've sowed. And I can say this because I've sent out even when I was still in need. And I mean that as a leader. I can say this to you. You can't come back and write me a letter or an email or whatever. You don't know, you know. We've got to pay the bills here. Come on. We will bring them all to Christ. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's an appeal that I feel the Spirit is making to all of us. Will you say yes? Will you say yes? Will you say yes? Will you say yes? Will you go? Will you take the exhortation? Will you take the word that you got today? Those of you who are here, will you go out from this place today and wherever you go, will you try to speak that word that Marissa was telling us about? Will you try to talk nice to somebody? Will you just say, will you ask God before you go in, is there somebody here I can minister to? Is there somebody I can talk to? Is there someone I can just love and give a kind word or a smile to? You are the answer. Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is real. This is some story. This is just words on a page. This is reality. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior, he started growing in you. He's not done yet. There's more. 
practice your spiritual senses and let God direct your path. It will be the path <laughs> that the others don't want to take. It'll be the narrow path. It'll be the one that's not popular. I can find myself in a crowd of, of, of uh, leaders. You know, I can go to a conference with 10,000 people. And I can say, they say, where are you from? Oh, we're from Vermont. Oh. Oh. I'm waiting for the day that I don't get that response. And they're going, oh. Oh, God's moving. We've heard about the revivals that are happening there. And they were once here. And we will stand to redig the wells of healing that are in this place. There are wells of healing in this place. Wells of healing in this place. When I first moved here and I saw five hospitals in the middle of like 10,000 people, I'm like, what's the deal with all these houses, with all these hospitals? What, what's the deal with that? And God said, my healing. It's man ways, man's ways of developing healing. But I have anointings on this land. Dig those wells. Pray and dig those wells of healing to come up here. And as we've prayed those prayers, we've seen our medical center, the first one crash, and now it's huge. And they practice cutting-edge medicine here. But let me tell you who really practices cutting-edge and who brings the miracles and who defies the doctor's knowledge and their scientific knowledge. And I don't put any of that down because my own son is a doctor, and he's a healer, and he helps people. But I know Jesus Christ, and he takes it beyond what they can do. And he takes it all the way to your heart. And when you're sent home with a diagnosis of, of, of you, you're going to die, there's nothing more we can do for you. And when someone prays, and someone believes, and someone says, no, things happen. God's power is released. Miracles happen and miracles flow. And so, to all of you, I didn't mean to come up here and preach. I really did intend to comment, but the Spirit of the Lord came on me. Amen. I make no apologies. May your hearts be stirred wherever you are. And may you not be stuck in a megachurch <laughs> and just being enjoying yourself. Hallelujah but that you will put the boots on and you will answer the call across our nation. I don't want your pity. I don't want your sorrows. I want you to come and I want you to help me. I want you to help me stand with God and see my dream, which is his, manifest in Vermont and New Hampshire. That's my heart. May you trust in God. And may you depend on him completely right. for everything. And I'm here to tell you, you will not be disappointed. That's right. You will not be disappointed. May you be blessed. I'm sorry Amen. I got excited well, and I started yelling. Yeah. We want to. Yeah, I drove that out of here. I scared him out of here. Yeah. I Linda's, love. Hang on. Linda's granddaughter's want just something that she wanted to say for, okay. for all of us. Come on up, sweetheart. Come on. Um, 
um, yesterday she got to see one of her uncles she hasn't seen in a long time, and I caught her preaching to him. And she wants to share with you guys what she learned about heaven and what she was telling her uncle. Okay, okay this is Allie. She's four. Hi, Allie. I love you. It's good to see you today. So um, we had a Maltese, and we had to put her down recently, so Allie wanted to speak about it. But um, she had three legs. Puppy Annie passed away to heaven. in heaven are there animals in heaven <laughs> and I'm like well hey you guys are students of the word what's Jesus coming back on a horse he'll be riding a horse so yeah there's animals in heaven folks there's animals <laughs> in heaven amen. amen amen well should we bring this to a close um, this part we're of going it? to bring our live stream yeah. to a close we're going to be praying for those of you we're saying goodbye to right now we're going to be uh, bringing our offering and you can always sew into everything that we're doing here. We've got great vision. And I've asked, <laughs> he says, ask and you shall receive. So I'm receiving things that don't come fit in an offering basket today in Jesus' name. I'm receiving hearts and people that are going to receive the call. In also Jesus go name. to the YWAM website to have a better understanding of what YWAM hey, is all about. Hey, can I have YWAM, the whole team, come up? Come on. Just kind of come up here before we close um, today. We're going to be ministering to them uh, after we bring our offering. Just kind of social distance. They're kind of, uh, so so you're not freaked out that we're not wearing masks and socially yep. distancing. They're sitting go. here as a group. We are social distanced all over this place today. Actually, but Carter, I wanted why don't you, you come back him. here so, yeah. that, so that everybody can see you. Come you yeah. back here. Yeah, you're part of the yeah, group, no, you can't hide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, case you for, in case you forgot. Alexis, yeah. why don't you come over here yeah, so yeah. they can see you. There you we're, go. we're trying to fit you into the angle of the awesome. camera. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Good job, of where Carter. We're there you right go. Now. But these are them. And Hallelujah. this is Amy. Amy, everybody shout your name. Johnny. Marissa, Lindsay, Alexis, Carter. and we got Carter up here on top. And there's and Cassie. Cassie. She's still in the middle. Yeah, she's in a she's in a hot conversation. What? Hallelujah. I'm from Puerto Rico. <laughs> Goldsboro, North Carolina. Chicago. Chicago. Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where they have shoe fly pie. Come on. Yes. Pennsylvania. Uh, upstate New York. Yeah. Texas. Texas. Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. So we really are praying for Oregon, too. We, we do a lot of prayer for all the, all your states. Amen. So isn't it great to have them? It's been such a blessing. Awesome. 
Um, I say they're one of the best YWAM groups out there going. I say that in full confidence that I'm speaking the truth. Amen? Hang on, Connecticut. And, Here uh, they come. Yeah, and may they just go with whatever they've received here of light, of the light of God, that they go in power. Right. Amen? So I Signs hope you're reaching your hands Greater out works. wherever you are, that you'll be blessing them. Keep praying for them. They're headed for Connecticut today. And then wherever God leads them thereafter, pray for their lives. Every one of them is here asking God, what do you want me to do now? That's right. What, what That's right. I'm, I'm, you know, the, their, their discipleship training school and assignment and missions is coming to a close in a few weeks. And they're graduating. And they're saying, where do you want to send me now? What do you want to do with my life now, That's God? Right. Everyone has a real question. And, you know, plenty of people will have answers to give them. But there's only one answer that's important, and it's the one that the Spirit of God gives to them. That's right. Amen? Amen. So keep praying for their lives. They're an awesome group of young people. We're truly blessed and honored to have them and to be able to serve them and love them. We just wish we could give gigantic hugs. So we're going to hunt them down when COVID's over, and we're going to be giving them hugs. We'll be stalking you with hugs and love. So bless them. If you want to sow into their lives, you can do that. You can make a demarcation on your, on your offering today. We'll be taking a love offering for them. If you want to donate online, you can do that. We can make sure they get it. We want to support them today for all they've sown in their time here and bless them as well. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So keep praying after because we're going to pray over them. See if so God for all of you that have been watching, blessings in Jesus' name. We be love aggressive. you. Be aggressive in we Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Amen. Ben. Hallelujah. We're going to bring our offering before the Lord, and then we just want to minister. We just want to just to pray over these young blessings. people. Blessings. Amen. So Ben, we're you got.